0: It's time for episode 467 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Thursday, September 8th, 2022. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that's perfect for 2am feedings. Don't ask me how I know. My name is Dan Morin. You've probably not heard my voice in a while, but I'm back. I'm the co-host of the show. I will not be displaced. And I am pleased, of course, to be sitting across the internet from my good friend, my pal. Yes, my dungeon buddy, Micah Sargent.
1: (laughs) Hi, Micah. Welcome back, Dan. I've missed you. I'm so glad you're here at the table. Hopefully that chair is still nice and warm. Jason Snell, thank you so much for all your hard work while Dan was away. Uh, Typically, while the cat's away, the mice will play, but it almost got even more sort of... um, I know. Oh, I was listening. I was listening. (laughs) I heard it all. Uh, But I'm delighted to be back.
0: It is a pleasure. And it's a pleasure to be joined by two fantastic guests this week. To my left. It is a podcaster over at Podfeet. It's our good friend,
2: Allison Sheridan. Welcome back, Allison. Welcome back to you, Dan. It's great to have you here.
1: (laughs) And to my left, it is the internet's favorite grump. It is a podcaster extraordinaire. It is a VFX artist extraordinaire. It is Joe Rosenstiel. Hi, Joe. Hi, Micah. Thanks for the buildup. And (laughs) I'm glad to be back for
0: Dan's return. Thank you. Oh, it's, it's a pleasure to be here, and it's a pleasure to almost remember how this show works. But I think I get to start this <laughs> off with my topic. So, let me ask you: Are you ultra enough for the Apple Watch Ultra? Is has the Apple Watch marketing got kind of out control? Who is this product really for? And then, sort of as a side note, I, I'm kind of curious about this. Is this maybe the right approach for sort of that most expensive Apple Watch, as opposed to stuff Apple's tried before, Allison? What do you think about the Apple Watch Ultra? I guess I'll pick and
2: choose which of those 42 questions I'll answer.
0: <laughs>
2: Owned. This is the first time in a few years that my husband and I are actually not upgrading our watches. Uh, the Ultra was not right for us, and the 8 was not enough better than the 7. But I am surprised at how many women I'm hearing about who are totally hyped for this watch. Uh, running clubs, uh, people are hikers, campers, and and that's pretty interesting that, that the women I know are doing this. Uh, one thing I think that is really important to think about, with this watch is if you're thinking about hiking, one of the most important things in hiking is trying to not carry any weight. I've got a friend who's, you know, sits there with his microgram scale weighing his tent and things and, you know, getting everything down as low as possible. So I think he's going to be excited to be able to have this watch and not carry the separate device that he's been carrying to get the, um, Satellite capabilities they had before. Now, it looks like he won't be able to do regular kind of text messaging just to tell his wife uh, that he's okay. but she'll be able to do the find my thing and be able to see where he is. So I think that's that's pretty, pretty cool for him. Um, I I think it's an interesting upgrade uh, for a lot of people, just not for me.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I think that this, Dan, what you touched on that's most important is we've just seen Apple really pivot, uh, from in the beginning, this being a fashion ex uh, accessory where we had actual sort of fashion moguls joining the event and seeing the Apple watch released. And then this ridiculous, uh, gold watch that was made with, what was it? 23 karat gold or something, something ridiculous, uh, 18, maybe anyway. Um, to realizing how this is a fitness and health device uh, primarily for a lot of folks. And so now the if we're going to have like an ultra uh, premium Apple Watch, it makes sense that this is where they would go with it, that they would focus on making the best watch that they can. Um, it, it, you know, I, I think that if I were to talk to the people who are divers out there, and in fact, I did hear from some of them uh, yesterday who were saying, whoa, this can be my dive computer, the dive, you should see the dive computer. And then they show this thing that's like the size of a Greek yogurt container, one of the large (laughs) ones that they somehow (laughs) strapped to their wrist on the outside of their dive suit. And so this they're very pumped about the fact that this can uh, go on their wrists. And I have to say, I was able to go hands-on with it yesterday, and it is incredibly lightweight, so much so that I had a moment where I was like, hmm, can I justify the purchase of this thing? Because I do like some of the stuff that it can do. And also, secretly, I am looking into getting into diving, too. So that, that would all kind of come together.
3: Uh, Joe, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Uh, I'm not going to do any of the things that (laughs) any of the people in that uh, Apple Watch Ultra uh, video were doing. Um, uh, I'm glad for people who are who are excited about that. Uh, I do think there is a larger contingent of people who are also not going to do those things, but who will buy this watch because, hey, one day I might, you know, be off road for two seconds. Uh, So I I think there is that sort of thing of like Land Rovers that people use to get their groceries and stuff where people like the idea of being perceived as outdoorsy or doing something uh, and then that also becomes a market you can sell into not just adventurers that are actually adventuring but uh, optimists I guess or people who uh, want to identify with adventure um, and uh, that that's where I, I think mainly a lot of these sales will wind up going is like you know, uh, people who are buying Patagonia vests and stuff that are not <laughs> doing anything remotely, uh, you know, worth that ad- adventure identity, but uh, want to have the the trappings of it. Uh, Dan, what do you think?
0: Uh, yeah, I think you're right that there's there's a certain degree of this is aspirational. Like, well, I could, I guess, I could be a mountain climber. Like, there's still time. I could buy <laughs> this watch and be a mountain climber. Uh, I will never climb a mountain. Um, I, you know, I agree, Mikey. You're making the point about the dive computer thing, and uh, I talked, I mentioned this to my wife, who has done a little bit of scuba diving in the past, and she thought this was really cool as a feature. I think the thing that makes it the most possibly compelling is that it's a surprisingly low price point for that high end Apple Watch. You referenced the edition, you know, the gold one that was like fifteen thousand dollars, you know, eight hundred bucks by comparison looks relatively cheap, and it's within the range of people who even just want it as a like. You know, style accessory that aren't going to do any of these things. um I think that is a smart play because it is a lot of market that's a lot easier to capture, and there's something a little bit more acceptable about the idea of getting a device that you will replace in a couple of years that's a eight hundred bucks and b is sort of for functional purposes as opposed to you know. The style accessories, the whole thing about buying like really expensive watches is they don't go out of style, right? If you're paying $20,000 for a watch, they don't go out of style. But if you have uh, you know, a $15,000 1st first, uh, first generation Apple Watch, it doesn't really do anything anymore, right? It's slow. It doesn't have all the features and everything. So that was always a bit of a ridiculous play, I think, on that part. This, to me, makes a lot more sense. And personally, well, I am also not likely to do any of the things that uh, you know are, are shown off in this video i do think that there's a cool aesthetic to it i think it also has the possibility of sort of hinting at future mainstream apple watch features to come i think that uh, i'm guessing that action button may filter down eventually to the other apple watches because it just seems like such a good idea and i think the uh, you know trying it out here makes a lot of sense so uh, i'm intrigued for what it means for the future of the apple watch lineup as well but thank you all for your thoughts on that let's move to our second topic which comes from allison
2: so I'm going to be a rebel and not ask a question about the Apple event yesterday. Uh, this is a question near and dear to my heart. Do you ever do a full nuke and pave of your Mac? And by that, I mean installing every application from scratch, configuring every single little piece of it from scratch, not using Migration Assistant. How often do you do it? What kind of events cause you to decide it's time to do that? And do you have any kind of a process for that?
1: Anytime I get a new Mac, I start fresh. I, I don't, I, I like to just get from the the very beginning and install the apps that I want, because oftentimes I will end up installing apps that I don't use anymore. And they just kind of sit there. Uh, But as far as having a system and then needing to reset it to uh, the beginning stages, it's very rare that I do that. But I have done it in the past. um, If I have installed a beta, for example, and then something goes wrong on the machine. And even if I just installed it on a part partition. Um, Anytime I would see a little bug happen or something go wrong after that, my brain immediately will go, that's probably because you installed the beta. And even though you're not running the beta on this uh, separate partition, that's probably what the issue is. And so just to sort of appease that part of myself that thinks that any of that could be caused by the beta, I will do a complete nuke and
3: pave, um, which is a new term for me, the, the second part, at least. Joe, what about you? I'm kind of in between because I, I do migrate if everything's working, kind of. Uh, I, I don't really like to just destroy everything and make my life difficult for no reason. Uh, but uh, if things are being a little weird, then I will, uh, you know, when, when I get the new Mac, I will not move anything over to it. I have never done a complete wipe of an existing Mac that I've owned. It's always been during that migration process of deciding whether or not is this thing that I'm getting off of behaving strangely, or is it okay? And do I want to uh, have that data um, move over as seamlessly as possible, or do I want to not risk bringing over whatever it is that's being a little ooky? Uh, And so those are are the, the two ways that I go. So this last time when I bought this I think it's 2018 MacBook Pro. I did not migrate. Um, I only copied over the files that I wanted. Um, and for many years, including this current year, uh, I've been like, "Oh, where's that thing? Oh, it's not. It's not here. I don't, I don't have it anymore. It's on the other thing. I'd have to charge it. I don't want to. And then I don't get that file. But uh, that's you know the the kind of thing that you sort of live with is is just realizing. Uh, You can either have everything, including all the stuff you don't want or have uh, none of it and then selectively uh, try to to try to get your stuff that you you do need that won't make it as bad as it used to be. Um, But uh, I I don't know if Dan has any particular (laughs) feelings on this since he has migrated, I think, very recently um, with a bunch (laughs) of stuff. Uh I have a migration pending actually uh because what
0: yeah you know, the thing that happened during my leave was that my iMac died and so I had to scramble to come up with a uh, a setup that would allow me to continue podcasting. I do have a MacBook Air so I pressed that into service and I have a drive that has like my backup from that iMac. So I didn't lose any data. I just lost the ability to use the computer but it does mean at some point probably by this fall when Apple releases uh, perhaps a new Mac Mini I will migrate that information over. Allison, why don't you wrap this up for us?
2: Well, so I have a uh, 14-inch MacBook Pro, so it's only like 10 months old, and the battery went uh, went out on it, and so Apple replaced it for me, and they decided the best way to test that was to wipe my operating system. So I had just done a nuke and pave in October, or a, a pave, let's say, because I didn't have to do because it was a new machine. Uh, so I was in the position of like, do I do a migration assistant? I mean, it's only 10 months old, right? I did migration assistant and it was a hellscape. I I just wrote a, a, I don't know, 3000 word blog post rant about all the things that were weird, just constant weirdness. So this week I did a new compave on an existing machine and, uh, it didn't take me that long. It only took me literally about one full day to get everything to like 90% there. And the reason it worked so well is I have a mind map. Uh, I like to call it my mind map of doom. It is massive. And I sort all of the apps on the right-hand side of mission critical, really important, and you can wait to do these. And then all of the tailoring that I do is on the left-hand side in those same three categories. And I keep honing this process. And now I have, I mean, I know, okay, you move this app over. What do you have to go get? What kind of, what kind of special settings did you have? Did you, did I have to do screenshots of it or does this one use iCloud? And, and I'm forming opinions of my favorite apps based on how hard they make me to do that migration, but you know. <laughs> Like Micah says, um, it's like cleaning your closet out. If you pull out the clothes you don't need, you don't end up with any extra room. But if you empty everything and only put back what you need, you're amazed at how much space you have. I had 171 apps before I nuked. Again, a 10-month-old machine. I now have 116. So it's it's (laughs) massive. You can have a big effect if you're like Micah and me where you just load every single thing anybody ever mentions. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's two topics down, two topics left to go, which of course means it is halftime
0: here at Clockwise. And this week, we want to tell you about something a little special happening over on Relay FM. September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and for the fourth consecutive year, the Relay FM community is rallying together again to support the life saving mission of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital Finding Cures, Saving Children. Since opening its doors in 1962, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital has grown in size and capabilities for one special reason. They believe that children all over the world deserve the same chance at survival. Treatments developed at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital have helped increase the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. But while tremendous strides have been made, one in five children diagnosed in the U.S. will not survive. and Globally, those numbers are shockingly reversed, with four in five children in some developing countries not surviving. Limited access to high-quality, affordable medicines and the financial burden of research and care are hallmarks of the childhood cancer challenge that many developing countries face. Childhood Cancer Awareness Month is an opportunity for us to come together in the fight against childhood cancer. Together, we can make a big impact. And this year, you can support the Relay FM for St. Jude campaign in multiple ways. As always, we invite you to make a donation. Donors who make an individual gift of $60 or more will receive a digital bundle, including a wallpaper and macOS screensaver pack, I will say, that was developed by our pal James Thompson, and it's fantastic. Uh, donors who make an individual gift of $100 or more will receive a set of stickers in addition to the digital bundle. And if your employer offers a matching gift program, you can fill out the form at stjude.org relay to have that match credited to our campaign. And new for this year, if you want to get more hands on, you can now start your own fundraising campaign to help us reach our goals while earning exclusive Relay FM merch. Fundraisers who raise $1 more, just $1, will receive an exclusive St. Jude limited edition of the Relay FM Challenge going. And fundraisers raising $250 or more will also receive a unique desk mat featuring the cartoon heads of Relay FM's co founders. You know, you want that. Please go to slash Relay to donate and to find out more about fundraising. And don't forget to mark your calendars for September 16th, which I believe is next Friday, for the fourth annual Podcast Relay FM co founders Stephen Hackett and Mike Hurley will be back together at St. Jude's campus to host an eight-hour variety show featuring many relay FM hosts and special guests. That's Friday, September 16th from twelve to eight PM US Eastern Time at twitch.tv slash relayfm. Once again, please go to stjude.org slash relay to learn more and donate. Let's cure childhood cancer together. All right, halftime is at an end. Micah Sargent, let me turn it over to you.
1: Apple, of course, just announced the iPhone 14 and iPhone 14 Pro lineup. I'm curious, will you be upgrading to an iPhone 14 this year? And if so, tell us about which one you're planning on updating to. Uh, Of course, if not, I'd love to hear um, what is keeping you with your current model of iPhone. Uh,
3: Joe, we'll start with you. I'm on the fence still, and I know I need to make a decision. Uh, The thing that I'm weighing is whether or not I want the camera, because anything else about it i could really do without uh including the dynamic island um and i just just really do like that camera but is it enough is it enough to push me over the edge i i will i will only time will tell only 24 hours will tell um whether or not i do that uh so dan what are you gonna do I write about this stuff
0: as many of us do, so for me, it's just an investment in having the ability to talk about some of the the new features. And since the I think the Pro is undeniably a little bit more exciting than the iPhone 14 this year, there's a little bit more meat on the bones there. Uh, I tend to prefer having the best camera if possible. Um, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by the Dynamic Island. I know the the name is ridiculous, but I think the the feature of it is uh, fascinating to me, and so I'm sort of looking forward to digging into how that works one thing super disappointing this year that made my decision fairly easy was uh the color palette in the past years i've been really envious of the lower the like base models colors because they've been so much brighter and more vibrant whereas this year i feel like with the exception of the red one the iphone 14 colors are eh, they're fine (laughs) um so i'm picking up a a purple one probably an iphone 14 pro deep purple um yeah yeah so uh yeah probably yeah in the next 24 hours gonna place that order i guess uh, Allison,
2: what's a, what's your uh, iPhone
0: 14 strategy?
2: Oh, they totally had me at dynamic island. I mean, as soon as they, <laughs> as soon as I saw it, I was, this is so cool. I mean, it, having that space where the notch was no longer be a notch, having it be an active area that's doing something interesting—that's got to be good. Now I want it on my MacBook Pro, so um, that was that was a big thing for me. And really, it's for the children. My daughter needs my <laughs> iPhone 13 Pro. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it is always about the camera, though. I'm excited about 2X to not have digital zoom between one and three and better light capability and, and uh you know, getting the four pixels per pixel, however that's described, getting more light in. That's always good. I was thinking, though, that it's going to be now completely impossible to take a silhouette photo. If you notice that, you try to take a silhouette and it's like, no, let me brighten that up for you. <laughs> so that will be a, a little bit of an issue. And, and the bonus prize, getting the emergency SOS and crash detection, Uh I am not above average driver. So I think that might, um, hopefully it will never come in handy, but if it does, uh, it's there. And I got to go deep purple, too. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. I did the whatever skylight blue or whatever they called it last sierra, time Sierra um blue. Yeah. sierra blue that's what it was and uh so i'm hoping that's not sold out if i don't get in by uh 501 a.m
1: i am actually going to go with the silver iphone i have an iphone 14 pro max ready and prepared uh pro tip for folks if they haven't head into the apple store app and you can already go ahead and set up your uh pre-order. And so all you have to do is kind of press, I think, a couple of buttons whenever the time comes. Um, I can't wait for the Dynamic Island. It was such a fun moment uh, watching that. Uh, so watching it live, you didn't hear the massive chuckle that <laughs> went throughout the audience, whenever they said Dynamic Island on screen <laughs> for the first time. And I just looked down to see if I could tell if Air Force One, uh, if Craig Federighi had a reaction to uh, the Dynamic Island. But regardless of the name, I think that that was such a cool feature that they introduced that none of us were really expecting in that way. Uh, so kudos to them. And that has me most excited about the the pro. Um, thank you all for your answers on that one and your confessions. And good luck to you all placing the orders for the phones that you're after. Uh, Joe, let us move to your topic.
3: So uh, Apple has adapted their events from live on-stage presentations to, uh, with some video segments to, uh, these long form video presentations that Tim Cook has, uh, the other day described as a film. Um, so is there anything about the format you wish would change now that it's, it really does seem like it's going to be a video, a long form video, no matter what, uh, the pandemic status is, um. Uh, Is there something about it that might feel like it could be improved or tweaked in order to present better either to people in person, would probably be a question for Micah or for people who are at home, which would be a question for the rest of us normals. Um, So, Dan, what are your thoughts (laughs) as someone who's been at Apple presentations in the past? I think the video format works pretty well. And it does
0: open up some possibilities that were a lot harder to do when you were strictly limited to people being on stage. Right, You can have different backgrounds. You can draw people on boats or on mountaintops. It's a little weird, but like I don't know. It's a little more entertaining in some ways than staring at people on a stage in front of a keynote presentation. So in some ways, maybe this was always the evolution of how Apple wants to stage their events. If there's anything overall that I would change Some of the the montage segments go on a bit too long for my taste, and sometimes I raise my eyebrow a bit. This time around, it was the event or the uh, the montage with all the people whose lives had been saved by the Apple Watch. That's fine; it's it's a great thing to laud. It's really important. But the staging of some of those I found a little questionable. Most especially the young woman in the plane crash set.
1: Yeah. And I was like, oh,
0: wow. Uh, so you were, you've engaged in the trauma of being in a plane crash and let's make you relive that. That seems super that. weird. So uh, that's one place where I wish they would dial back a bit. It's like I don't mind people telling their stories. And I thought some of those were really well conveyed. But the whatever impulse that was like, let's take this to 11 and place these people in settings that are, you know, descriptive. Uh, the bear was fine. That was kind of funny because, you know, there no there's no bear there, right? Exactly. Like they are not doing that. But like the plane crash one just felt a little uh, eh, skeevy or something. I don't know. Um, so for me, that's I think the biggest thing is like sort of cutting down the pre-produced segments within the whole video, because that's a tough line to wa- to walk, sort of going back and forth between like. All right. We've got our video of the presenters talking about the products, but we've also shot other videos inside the video.
2: It's maybe a a little too inception. I don't know. That's that's my feeling. Allison, what about you? I have to disagree about those montages. I I will go with you that the one that distracted me was the girl sitting in the plane. But if you Mm -hmm. took her out, I would not have taken any of the others out. The guy with the trash. uh, Oh, my God. God, I was dying. That was terrifying. I was screaming in my in my office. I mean, I knew he was right there telling the story or a likeness Still, of him, at least. Was weird. But I, I actually thought the blind guy's story was not quite as compelling, even though I am very compelled by that. That part of the uh what Apple can do for people. I didn't think they sold that one as well, because, I mean, the poor guy had to follow the guy in the trash, you know, so he didn't have a chance in his story. Um What I didn't like, and and I do like the crispness of the new ones, what bothered me was uh, they would do a pre-roll of a a feature phone like the the one of the new watch of the Ultra. You know, it was like, oh, my God, what is it? Oh, look, what is that button? It got very excited. Then they tell you about it. But then they'd show you another video of it mm-hmm. after the fact. Mm-hmm. And the whole time through that part, I'm going, no, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? I'm over that. No, show me the new thing. What's the next one? So I would get can entirely get rid of the post roll ones, but keep the pre roll and keep everybody but the girl in the plane or at <clears> least don't put her in the plane.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. If she could have told that story without having to relive the trauma of having survived a plane crash, then that one wouldn't have felt so exploitive, which is kind of how I felt it was. But overall, I actually bet right there with you, Allison, in terms of the pacing of having to do the, you know, tell the story and have the, the kind of intro to the story, and then once again, kind of rewrap it. And then at the very end, of course, Tim Cook uh, also rewraps everything and summarizes everything. So it it felt like, In elementary school, when you learn how to write a paper uh, before middle and high school breaks you of the habit of in your introduction, you tell everyone what you're going to uh, say in the story. And then throughout the the piece, you you write everything that you're going to say. And at the end, you uh, write what you said. But then there's also the part where the last sentence of each paragraph throughout the body should be a summary of what you've just said. It was too much resummarizing everything. And that did make it feel a little bit stale. And I will admit to um, kind of changing focus from what was happening on screen uh, several times during that, because it was just kind of like, okay, we yeah, got this one. Let's move on to the next thing, please. Uh, Joe, I'm curious to hear your perspective.
3: I am in complete agreement with both you and Allison about uh, the repetitive nature of these. I know that these events are not designed necessarily to um be directed at people like us as much as they are directed at the person who's been covering uh apple for two seconds that day for the telegraph or guardian or whatever like they they're designed mainly to convey stuff to general uh uh news um in a way Uh, so the summary might help them in some way but uh it is very distracting to sit there and watch uh, the same thing over and over again repetitively when everything is so tightly edited in terms of timing um, that the intentional reuse of every piece of information um, to really drive the point home uh, is not necessarily helpful. Um, And I would say another thing that uh, while it can be interesting to have Uh, take advantage of the video format to have people not necessarily just be in other rooms of Apple Park because then what would be the point of uh, filming it in this manner? Um, I don't necessarily love the impulse to just go... Uh, wild with it, like in the AirPods uh, segment, AirPods Pro segment, uh, where we're going through the subway and through the coffee shop and the street and everything, and there's a set and you're making reference to it, et cetera, because then it kind of turns into like an airline safety video, Um, (laughs) those overproduced airline safety videos. And I don't love that aesthetic for Apple. I just wish they would uh, use environments uh, very specifically um, for uh, what they're trying to tell. I don't think we need a demonstration of how noise canceling would work amongst various environments for a product that's been out for two years, uh, but uh, perhaps that is appealing to someone else. And uh, the uh, uh, let's describe, I guess, describe them as the the post-roll segments, the uh, the ones that feel the most like an advertisement um, that are wedged in there. Uh, the, those really could be shortened uh not just because the information is too long or repetitive but also because they uh are just like watching an ad they are not like watching uh information be conveyed by the apple executives uh that are uh trying to t- present um to you uh so i i don't necessarily feel that those are uh, as effective uh but that's that's my thought on that well, we have just enough time for
2: a bonus topic, so let me ask you, uh
0: what color was your childhood bedroom,
2: Allison? Well, my father coined the perfect description of it. Elephant's breath gray. <laughs> Elephant's <laughs> breath gray. That's interesting. interesting. You can
1: picture it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I had bikini bottom blue in my <laughs> childhood bedroom. I was super into SpongeBob and had all sorts of SpongeBob themed stuff throughout my room. So bikini bottom blue. Joe, what about you?
3: I had several different bedrooms uh when I was a kid, but I would say that two of them were pale blue. So I, I think that just by the law of averages or whatever, <laughs> it was pale blue was my, my childhood bedroom. Uh, mine was yellow and uh,
0: in sort of continuation with that we painted my kids bedroom yellow so c- continuity <laughs> hey if you'd like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week you can become a clockwise member just go to relay.fm clockwise you can sign up for just five dollars per month or fifty dollars a year and you'll help support the show in this week's overtime topic we discuss passing the time while traveling and that is all we have time for today. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guests this week. Allison Sheridan, thank you so much for being here.
1: Well, I'm so glad to have our fantastic hosts. And thank you, Joe Rosensteel, for joining us today.
3: Oh, thank you guys for having me.
0: Well, we will be back next week. Um, but until then, it all falls to me to remind everybody out there listening, watch what you say. And
1: keep watching the clock.
0: Bye, everybody.